In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 313. Boom, we are back. Mr. Dave Molyneux, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Mr. Anthony. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. It's a wonderful, uh, it's a Thursday, I was going to say Wednesday, Thursday evening, Friday Junior, we're doing our we're recording. We're shaking it up, crazy, yeah. crazy style. That's right. Doing it on a slightly different day. Another- <laughs> no one's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, until, I, until I spill the beans. Um, we're doing another top 10, folks. Uh, this is one of our favorite things to do, and I think people enjoy lists. And we sometimes it, it becomes tricky to find like, okay, we did this, we did that, we did this. Part of the fun is thinking of the the type of list we're gonna do. Yeah. Right. Going back part, and forth. Going back and forth, and then like the yeah, that's the one. So this time we decided, as the title will show, we're gonna be doing our top five, so it becomes top ten hidden gems. Yeah. And actually, just incidentally, normally you're going, this is one you thought of, Dave, so thank you for thinking it. This isn't one I thought of. <laughs> this is the one you said, fine. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do we do? A bit like this. You're like, no, this makes more sense. Okay, no, you're absolutely right. Let's do this thing. I'm overcomplicating it again. Fine. Because you know why? You're very smart at branding things. You look at how to like present it in ways that give it more options and a little bit of like, how can we design it? So I get I it. Guess. Probably comes from my job. Yeah, I get it. And I appreciate it because I, I didn't have that myself. So you bring that to the table. But um, how do you – we've done hidden gems before on the podcast with like other lists, whether I've done other um, comic yeah, book hidden have. gems. Yeah, have, have, we done, have we done that? I, I, know I thought we did it for – I know we've done it, but I think we did it with like 90s hidden gems and stuff like that. So we, we have kind of themed it a little bit, but we've never done just a, do you know what? Let's just, let's just pull some stuff out. Yeah. And it's always one of those categories, like even on the streaming services where they'll, they'll have a hidden gems section and like, what, what would, yeah, sometimes they do like on the little subheading. Oh, and and it'll it'll make me think like what what would fall into that category movie wise like what is a what when you think hidden gem it's a movie no one knows about that's good in your head like based on the wording yeah yeah although it's funny because I think like over time some things that were really popular yes aren't as popular anymore and yes. kind of become hidden gems exactly exactly that's how that's what I was thinking too so there there become those um. In our case, we're gonna we're gonna. I wanted to do something that recommends books. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to give people like here's stuff that you could read, get yeah. them excited, right? We all want to spend point, money. Right? That's the whole point. Yeah, we can bitch about stuff, which we don't actually that often when we're comparing things. But yeah, this, it's nice to just be able to recommend some stuff. Yeah, we're not we're not the most uh, complaining guys in the world. Nah. That's off air. We complain about stuff <laughs> and talk bad about everybody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I feel like this is, this is one of those top 10 lists that we can revisit because we'll always read a little bit more as the years go by or as the months go by, we read a lot and there will be things that might fit into that category. And there's just more things to recommend people to read that is not on their radar. Mm -hmm. 
So. Exactly. You got a list? I've got a list. You, you said you had a you pile. Start? I've got a pile. I've actually physically got them here because some of them, it's been a while since I've read them, but I know I loved them. So I might That's need cool. to just kind of refresh and I've not had time. Yeah. Ah, the behind the curtain. The, the, the thing was, I was like, I waited to the last, not minute, but I made a, a list this morning and then today I'm like, I should think of some more books because these are all just from DC or just from here. And I'm like, it gotta be, mix it up a little bit. Uh, um, but yeah, I've got, it's fun to look back at stuff that surprised you. You know, it was stuff that was good that yeah. it's like, those. that's a keeper. And people don't yes. talk about it enough, but I'm gonna I'm gonna always keep that on my shelf. And and sometimes I've dismissed it, where I maybe traded the like I. An example. I'm not gonna put this on the list. I might do it another time. But Jeff Johns Hawkman, I had the omnibus yeah. and I really liked it, but I didn't like. I didn't like it enough to keep it in such a big volume, and it had the binding was like it was a mouse trap as they call it, right? Oh. It wasn't a great book to hold. I'm read mine, yeah. Yeah. That's what I found because it right. was one of the older DC omnibuses. Oh, one of the first ones I did, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, right. so they were like they didn't. It wasn't a great reading experience to keep that book opened. It became a little bit of a chore. But I, when they came out in trades, I rebought the trades because I'm like that's a that's a good series. I remember stuck in your head somewhere. Yeah, it's like. I always get an urge every now and then. It's like, if I want to read that character, that's a great place to do it. But I, why would I get rid of it? Yeah. Right? So that's an example of one of those that kind of stick around. But it's not really talked about all that much. No. I think it, it would have been at one point. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But even then, it's probably under the radar. Yeah, out of all the Jeff Johns stuff. All that under the radar and hidden gems. Yeah. Is that the same? To, anyway. Oof. That's right. <laughs> we could debate that till... Doomsday. <laughs> All right, so should I go first? You go first. I should have just used the Hawkman from Jeff Johns. That was a good one. But you still can. <laughs> yeah, let's let let's do that one. I'm gonna go with that one since we were already on the topic. Jeff Johns, Rags Morales, uh, throughout the whole book, uh, 25 issues. I think James Robinson may have been assisting at the time with some like uh, plots or scripting. Because this was during the time of, uh, I think, Jeff Johns getting on to JSA. Yes, so it was, yeah. It, it uh, interconnected very nicely. And um, it's a very, I always thought the character was very cool design. Just like as a visual. He's a really odd, because he's kind of like a, a He-Man dressed as a bird. Yes, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's it, it, it because of the the chest the chest the plate, chest thing and right? then the, the whole head. It's it's a, it's kind of it's sort of dated but can still look really cool. Right. But it's done right. Yes, especially because of the strange history of the character. Mm. Like the the backstories is as strange as the costume in a way, which kind of works. Yeah. It's like there's something about this guy that he can get away with this look. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> we wouldn't argue with him. <laughs> no, no, especially yeah. So, who's who's another character who was kind of like in that sort of limbo that they're around, but nobody could ever really get a. I think Hawkman is that one where it was like, what is his origin story? It's probably the most complicated because I, I I did read the Venditti thing, which I don't want to go into <clears throat> into too much. 
No, oh, no problem. Just taking a sip. Sorry. There you go. Dave's <laughs> back. I don't know what happened there. Down the wrong pipe. Um, so people do try and fix it, but there have been so many versions of his origin. Yes. <clears throat> and part of it, sorry. That's okay. Part of it is, is probably not helped by the crisis. Yeah. Stuff and deciding after crisis to, to I, I, if I could have this completely wrong, to kind of redo his origin and then they kind of did it again. Yeah. They, they just couldn't settle on what they wanted it to be, whether it no. was the re- reincarnating from Egypt or the Thanagar. Space thing. Yeah. yeah. It's Thanagar, right, that he's from? Thanagar. I think, yeah. yeah. Thanagar, yeah. And both of them are, are pretty cool. And then Jeff Johns found some type of way to meld them. And I think Robert Venditti's run gets into that even more. But the Jeff yeah. Johns run is kind of like, a, this works. This works for the uh-huh. character. And it was just fun. It was just a fun book to be introduced to, to the character and also blend into JSA and it's Rags Morales throughout. So that sort of, I always like when there's a consistent team, consistent feel. Yeah, it's something you don't see as much of No, these days. Not really. Um, but having a lengthy run, like a lengthy run these days seems to be 12 issues. Yeah. So having something that goes double that seems it might at that point of time would seem like oh that's quite short but like no that's by today's standards that's quite long yeah but it also crosses over with JSA as well doesn't it Cause it's the same yes same yeah. time yeah it's like the lightning suck I can't remember which story arc it is yeah but there is a crossover in there as well I think yeah there is there's a crossover in there it's nice so yeah that that's one that I would recommend people uh, dipping their toe in and I think it I think it's a, a a good pick, not a good pick, but a good pick in the sense that right now Black Adam is out and Hawkman is a main character in it. This so is if, true. So if you have any, like, you watch that movie and you are curious about the character or maybe you didn't like the character, but I saw the movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's fun. I really, I, it's funny because I'm so off comic-based films at this point. But um, I don't know if they just marketed the hell out of it to the point where I've given in, but I do want to see it. Yeah, I, I gave it I a shot. I think I'm kind of hopeful they do some of the DC stuff justice because there's, no pun intended, because there is this um, this thing of like Marvel versus DC more so now in the films than in in the comic audience. Yeah. And I, I just, so I just watch something and hope that it's good. Just will it to be good, please? You don't have to immediately hate it because it's DC. Um, and I just want to, I want to give it a shot and give it a chance. I love that character as well in 52. Yeah. A couple of other bits I've read. Yeah. And then they've got Dr. Fate in there and they've got Hawkman and Atom Smasher, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I kind of, even if it's okay, I'd be happy. <laughs> I yeah. It, it, I mean, I stopped going to these things with these expectations that I once had of like, I need to see this. Did they get this right? At this point, it's like, I need to shut off my brain and I want to have some fun. And with the DC movies now, I don't have – with the Marvel stuff, I, I started to expect a certain like – the last one was good. And if you're going to tie it in with that, make sure this is good too. Like let's keep yeah. this ball roll. Let's keep this trend going because if you don't, it could all fall apart. And it's starting to feel like that a little bit. But with DC, yeah, I'm kind of like – Hey, if you guys hit the nothing to lose. If you hit the board, this is great, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? As long it's, as it's, it's better like than the crap kids the last that you one. 
I've got two kids. One of them's doing really well. The other one we don't want to talk about. That seems to be, yeah. oh, look, they, they did it today. Yeah. That's, that, would, that would be exciting for me. Yeah, exactly. Just to win once. So, yeah, if you've seen the movie and you enjoyed it and you want to find where you can read more good Hawkman stories, definitely that run. Jeff Johns and Rags Morales will, will, um, will do, do it justice. No pun intended. <laughs> maybe pun intended. Yeah, I took it from Yeah. Me. Intend that pun. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Intend that pun. <laughs> uh, your number, your first one. My first one is I'll kind of do a, a very tiny preamble. So basically I didn't want to go because a lot of the time we talk about, um, especially with me, I know I'm a big, big eighties Marvel fan. And then there's another chunk later on. And I tend to always kind of mention that stuff. So and I'm seeing, I feel like I'm talking about a lot of old school stuff lately. So all my picks are in the last 20 years. They're all from the last 20 years. They're all recent. Cool. They should be relatively easy to find. Um, but I'm avoiding, with the exception of one, the big two, uh, Marvel DC. For those who don't know what a big two is, it's not a big shit. <laughs> so basically, um, unless you don't like Marvel DC, then it is a big shit. Anyway, the, my first one is, oh, the book's, the corner's gone weird. Don't cry, David, it'll be fine. Um, it's called The Wrong Earth. It's by, uh, it's from Ahoy Comics. Hey, you told me it's about this before. By Tom did I? Yeah, I remember. Tell, tell um, it again. I haven't done it on the show. Um, but it's by Tom Payer, and I, I, this is where I'm going to apologise for the entire rest of the episode. I will get people's names wrong. I always <laughs> um, and Jamal, is it, it Igle? Jamal Igle, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, because I remember you were talking about him. Yeah, but basically it's a parody of pretty much two eras of Batman. Um, the 60s TV show style, Adam West, Biff Van Powell, Batman, mm-hmm. and the, probably more than like the Dark Knight Returns Batman, the Frank Miller era with that gritty, you know, <laughs> convert, like the other end of the scale style Batman. Um, and in the story, basically the, the, the character is called Dragonfly on one world and Dragonfly Man on the other. So I think it's the 60s kitschy one that's Dragonfly Man and the dark one is just Dragonfly. And, this freaky thing, they both kind of got their own versions of the Joker, but one's kind of more silly and the other one's like psychotic. And they switch Earths, basically. So the it's, it's almost like having Adam West starring in The Dark Knight Returns. And it's like having, I guess you could say Ben Affleck in the old Batman 60s TV show. And it's happening at the same time. And they're kind of trying to get home. And they're freaked out by the worlds that they're in. In completely different ways, um, and it's weirdly kind of as well as being a parody. It feels like it's it recognizes that affection we have for these characters, and it's almost like that that equal affection we have for when it's super light and silly, and when it's really dark and gritty. Mm. You know, it's possible to like two things. Yes, yeah. It, um, it became such a thing, right? Especially with that that comparison of the Dark Knight Returns being that's real Batman. And yeah. everything of that Adam Weston, like that era of Batman was just, uh, you had to hate it. Yeah. Which, I mean, like a lot of us grew up on it. I did. I'm I quite did. old. I'm, I wasn't around in the 60s, but they had it mm-hmm. on TV in the 80s. And yep. even the 90s, I think it was it was on, like in the summers for in England. I loved it. So, 
yeah, I did. I liked it, but it, you know, it's kind of awful. But it isn't. But it is. It's just fun and silly. And when I was a kid, it was. Pitch. When I was a kid, I didn't understand the spoofing of it. I didn't uh, get it because it was for me. I was fully invested in this superhero story. <laughs> And then as you get older, you, you can see the, what's that old chum? Like, this is silly. Yeah. But that's oh. what's good about it. Yeah. It's that it, it becomes a, a, a nostalgic thing as much as, right? Just let it be. Which shows when, when they did Batman 66 and how well that sold. Yeah. You know? Like, people could have gone, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it's lasted. And it's nice to see it. And like when they, they did an animated version as well, yeah, a few years back. Because I think there is if a you're a good writer, there's a way to make that sort of thing work. Yeah, you can still make a, a good mystery, a good story, but yeah. you can make it campy. Like that's why we're here. We want to look at something ridiculous. Like he had a that's shark true. spray in his belt. That's genius. Like <laughs> it's so stupid that it's fun. Yeah, the whole thing is stupid. I mean, yeah. If any any superhero fan saying no, 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 it's seriously, it's all high art is a liar. Um, It's not. It's it's. If you pick it apart, even a small bit, it's really silly. But we know this, and we love it anyway. You know, and that's the thing. I think the wrong earth, the way it celebrates both, and mixes them up, and it's 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 funny. And it's lovable, and it's dark, and it, some of it makes you go, "Geez, how did we get that way with that? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. How did it make that jump?" Yeah, um, it's it's a, it's a really fun book. There, there have been two volumes as well. So there is a volume two, which is called uh, "Wrong Earth, Night and Day." There's also a Dragonfly versus Dragonfly Man, I think, or Dragonfly slash Dragonfly Man mini series, which isn't as strong. And there's another book coming out as well, which is a bunch of one shots. But the the two main but Wrong Earth book one, even if nothing came out after that, um, it would still be a great book, and I'd still be recommending it here. So don't worry about the whole like, yeah, but I want a big saga. You've got a saga in one book. You yeah. know, anything else we got on top of that is bonus. Right, right. Where, who publishes it? It's um, Ahoy Comics. So I've done a few other random things off the top of my head. I can't think because I haven't actually read the other books yet. But I would happily give them a try because I was so impressed with this. Right. Okay. I like it. I want to check that out. I want to try to look for it, see where I can get it. I don't know if I'd have to probably, yeah, do a dig for it. That's fun. Wrong Earths. That's the title? Wrong Earths. Wrong Earths. Ahoy Comics. The Wrong Earth. Wrong Earth. All right. My second pick is going to be a book that I've spoken about and also had the creator on the show and that's sean daly he's the artist for this book better place oh it is so good it's uh written by Dwayne murray and sean daly is the artist in it uh it's a bit bigger than your regular trim it's almost like i don't want to make the comparison but it's almost the size of like a coloring book trim that okay. it would have, but it's very nicely bound, and the art in it is is kind of like in that style of that. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. So I think there's some features of Jeff Lemire in here. I think did some work, but it's that sort of 
it's childlike. It's very innocent. But it's a story about a, a young boy who would cosplay with his grandfather, and they were like a superhero team. And that was like the thing that they did together. They'd go on adventures, and it was just the, the sharing of imagination. But uh, the main character, his name is Dylan. I'll read the back to you just because it's... Okay. Um, Moved to a new house with no friends and a mother who doesn't have time for him. Luckily, he has his granddad. Together, they are Red Rocket and Kid Cosmo, who save the universe every day with the power of imagination. But one day, Dylan learns that his granddad has suddenly gone to a better place. Now Kid Cosmo will have to save the day all by himself. And it's got uh, guest artwork from Matt Kent, Jeff Lemire, Farrell Darrymple, Tyler Boss, Jim Rugg, Nate Powell. No way. It's, it's a really good book. And it's a great book for... For kids, for adults, especially if you've gone through some type of a loss and you really feel that hole in the heart. Because yeah. it, it even has him talk to a priest in the book. Um, him having, Where he thinks his grandfather went, him trying to go find him there and dealing with that whole reality check. like it's, But it's so sweet all at the same oh. time. Um, so if you could get your hands on it, it's from... Better place, top shelf. Oh, it's top shelf. It's okay. Top shelf. So, pretty sure you could get your hands on it. Really, really great book. Highly recommend it. I know it's been on other hidden gems or like best of the year lists from when it came out. It was, was it a Kickstarter? I don't remember if it, I'm sure it was. Maybe no, it was top shelf. It couldn't have been. I bought it. It down. might have been. It could have started as a, some things. I guess it's starting as yeah. Kickstarter, aren't they? I always associate Sean Daly with having a, a Kickstarter project of his own. That's why. But uh, oh, right. yeah, I highly recommend this book. It's lovely. Oh, nice. It's really, really sweet. And he's, his artwork is just right for it. He's got a, um, a knack for drawing young kids or with a grandfather-like figure. And I don't know if there's something, why he's so good at that sort of storytelling, but he just gets it right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's, it's on my list. It, I'm just, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm I hope I really, really hope you like it. I I feel like there's higher likelihood that my recommendations for the non big two will be better than all my superhero <laughs> recommendations. Like, oh no, he didn't like it. Everything I tell him is great. He must think I'm nuts. No, oh, he's nuts. <laughs> I do. I do think that. <laughs> uh, we just had a conversation before about how we think our opinions are just the absolute best and we must not even respect our own opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Eric That's doesn't know what he's talking about. Absolutely what we said, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was saying I don't respect your opinions, but we were really harsh to each other. We hate each other off the air, right? Yeah, we, we can't, we're rivals. We only yeah. pretend to do this. Um, <laughs> your next one. My next one um, is one I, I, I got for Christmas last year so it's a fairly recent read for me but I think it's been around for a bit um, it's from Arkea um, who I think that's part of Boom Studios uh, it's like they're kind of Vertical. I don't know it's like they're kind of to a, I don't know sort of it's it's almost like the grown up bit of Boom Studios okay. so I guess a lot of their stuff is licensed okay. um, but it's um, by Ryan North and Albert Montes, Montes. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm really sorry. Um, it's 
Kurt Vonnegut's book, and that could also be mispronunciation, uh, no, Slaughterhouse Five. Um, and I saw the cover for a while. I just loved the cover. Well, I wasn't 100% sure what went on, and I went in pretty much blind. So it's based on a novel, um, and a fairly famous novel, I think, in certain circles. So I'd, I've never read it, but I haven't read a huge number of novels. Um, it's a World War Two. It's based in World War Two, but it's kind of based in World War Two. But it's some of it is set after, before, and after as well. So it jumps around in time quite a lot. Um, and it's the the main character at one point becomes a dentist, and he starts to get quite delusional about being taken away by aliens and stuff. So it's it's a really bizarre story, but it's a war commentary thing, and you're going to get your standard yeah, war's screwed up message. But the way it's done, it's like, I don't, where are we going with this? This is crazy. Um, and it's by, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could pronounce names better. But, uh, Albert Montes, I'm going to say, is a European artist who did Universe, which I did consider as well for these recommendations, maybe another time. Um, and his stuff is, it's very, so it's got that kind of more cartoonish feel. Um, which makes it seem quite light, but then it's really disarming when something heavy happens. Mm. So I, mean, I got it for Christmas, and I read it the afternoon, Christmas Day, when you consider that doesn't sound like a big Christmassy story, but um, I shouldn't have to read Christmassy stories on Christmas Day. Screw <laughs> it, do what you want. I eat pizza for Christmas dinner. I don't, I don't do turkey. Screw that. I I'm hate not a turkey. fan of turkey. Not a fan I at shit. all. It's a stupid animal, and it tastes bland. You know... <laughs> I know we're talking about your book recommendation, but <laughs> there's never been a time where I've been like, you know what would be good right now? A dry turkey. Yeah. Like, never. Oh, yeah, bring it on. We agree a on nice something, Dave. Yes. Tedious. <laughs> <laughs> we, we both hate something. We've done it. It's only taken nearly two years. <laughs> That's great. And then yeah. the whole time we need, to, we need to start doing food reviews instead. Yes. Let's just do that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, book title again. What was it? Next week, Kebabs. Um, so it's Slaughterhouse-Five or The Children's Crusade is the full title, but it's mostly listed as Slaughterhouse-Five. Um, it's Ryan North. Um, I'm not, well, I was going to say don't order the, the novel, but you by all means order the novel. <laughs> but specifically I'm talking about the the comic adaptation, someone might say, it's down as a graphic novel. <laughs> it's comic. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's so good. I absolutely loved it. Um, and I strongly recommend it. It's it's brilliant. Uh, but it's, be open-minded. It's it's really, it's really unusual storytelling, but it's, I love it. Nice. Nice pick. Okay, I'm going to do a non... I'm going to stick with your model of staying away from the big two. I know I did Hawkman, but I'm going to go with a first, second publishing, uh, a Box Brown book. I don't know if you've read anything from Box Brown. He did no, Andre the Giant. Stuff, he did the Andre the Giant um, biography. I think he did one about oh. Andy Kaufman as well. Oh, really? Yeah, and... He did this one about Tetris. What? Yes. Random. It's really random, but uh, the games people play, Tetris, and it is the biography, the history 
of the game. And and it's his artwork is um who I don't even know who it's Box Brown's artwork. There's no one to compare it to. It's it's very simple. Very simple storytelling. But it's a lot in the design and the pacing and the uh, the simplicity of it. Yeah, that is really simple style, isn't it? It's and it's, it's quite a flat color and yes, so it's, it's color. It's, it's color, just and it sticks to those very simple color. And I think that's all by design. Yeah, clearly, clearly, duh. But I think it's part of actually like the storytelling element of it. Yeah, even just the way the cover is and everything like that. It's quite thick. It is. I mean, you you get through it quick, but it it he does really put his. It's thorough. That's that's the word for it. It's a thorough. Uh, even just in the kind of he does like a history lesson of games, like the first type of games humans played. Like when you look it up and and see the psychology behind it and and what it was that made Tetris how it was designed mathematically to function and how it kept people the the way it was making the brain the addiction aspect of it it was all mm-hmm. very much it's like the perfect game in the sense that you're con- it's problem solving nonstop yeah and so the game ends after every problem but then another problem starts and it's like right. the, the elasticity of the brain that's happening while you play it is so satisfying. And it's all kind of explained in the science of how they made the game. But then it even goes into now the business aspect of the copyright and how it was because it was a game designed in Russia. Yeah, I thought it was. Right. So it became there's all this. That's a whole story unto itself of who had the rights to the game and who could publish it and how it became, you know, every cell phone had a Tetris. Like it be, everyone knew the game. It was such a global yeah. thing, but who really had the right to make it? I used to dream it? that game. Me too. I played it so much. I love it. Game Boy. Yeah, Game Boy. The Game Boy version of it. I, how You know what it was about the Game Boy version of Tetris? Is that after you got to level 9, I found anyways... It was the same speed. Whereas the one on the television would speed and speed and speed up the further you, the deeper you got. Whereas if you got to level nine in the. Yeah, I think you're right. Once you were able to master that speed, you could keep playing. What was was the biggest, um, the longest you went on it? The most lines. I was going to ask you that question. I think, I think, I could be wrong. I could be completely lying. In my brain, it's 24. Level 24? I think. So 240. That's good. Is it? 240 lines? That's incredible. I think. That sounds like a wild party. <laughs> Last night I did 240 lines. Really? Yeah, Level 24. Is, I thought I was good at Tetris. I got maybe, to, I think, maybe like it wasn't. 170. But to get 200, because level 9, you get up to 90. And then once you pass that, you're in the hundreds. And I, I didn't. I could be. Do you know what, dude? I'm not 100. percent Let's say it was 36. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing, the reason why I I buy it is that on the Game Boy, it that speed maintained. When I would yeah. play it on television, because on the television in color, it was um, on the Nintendo. The levels would change colors, right? 
as you get every 10 lines, you would change a level. The I didn't color. have that. Oh, no, you didn't have Nintendo? NES? I, well, I had, Super, I had Super Nintendo. Okay. And then you plugged the Game Boy Color or whatever. No, the Game Boy... There was a thing, and you right. plug it into the Super Nintendo, and then you plug the Game Boy version into that and play it on TV. Right. So that's how I played it on TV. Okay, okay, okay. We I played it first on just regular NES, and um, that was the, the the best version, in my opinion. But every level would change colors. Ah. That's how you knew, okay. like, you were on level five. So the color change would sometimes make you play a little different because you knew it was speeding up. Oh, like, it's psychology thing. It w- yeah, so when you got to level nine and it was fast, the colors were, like, bright red. Like right. It, it was, like, a red and black. You're like, holy, like, we're in the... <laughs> This is this is scary. We're in the Teutonic levels. Yeah, and then when you got to a hundred, it went back to the same color as level one, but the speed started to increase. Yeah. Sure, they got to a point that if the speed's going to increase, then it's just not possible. Yes, but on the Game Boy, it didn't. No, that's the thing. That's what made me realize. I think that it's possible. You could go because yeah, yeah. I so on Game Boy, I was like at one hundred and sixty-seven, something like that. Which I thought was like, yeah, that's pretty good, man. Like, you just went, played for, I don't know how long. But to do 240, I'm like, that's impressive. If it I was did, 420, 442, four, I did. 420 you did? It was uh, 58. Yeah. How high were you? I was only for a week. How I many lines did you week. do before you played? I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm less and less sure that that actually happened. And maybe, you know what I said? I dreamt it. I did used to dream Tetris. Maybe I dreamt that. <laughs> And okay. I actually didn't get past four. <laughs> uh, yeah, so getting back to getting back to our books. <laughs> Box that's Brown. A really, that's a really interesting recommendation. What was it? Box Brown. Tetris. From just Tetris. From no, no, or or the, the games people play. The games people play. Yeah, I really nice. enjoyed it. Um, I don't know. He's got a style that you become accustomed to it's like i i enjoy his storytelling he did andre the giant was pretty much black and white i think i saw that but I did a good it. job did a, he did a good job with that too yeah no oh, very nice. fun good storytelling cheers dude i shall um i'm gonna go with my number three if we're good all right this is a marvel book um well i say marvel book i'm holding a marvel book I'm not necessarily recommending the whole book. So basically, um, what I'm recommending is by Dan Slott. Um, it's great. Well, it's not Great Lakes Avengers. It's GLA 1 to 4, um, which was, I think it was like 2005 it came out. The front cover looks, is it, the front cover is a parody of, or it could be 2006. It's a parody of um, uh, New Avengers number one. So you know where the lightning comes down on the on New Avengers one, and they're all kind of silhouetted, yeah. Captain America yeah. and Iron Man. Um, in this one, it's Mister Immortal is at the front. He's the leader of the of the Great Lakes Avengers, and he's being struck by the lightning, and all hilarious. But it's that Squirrel Girl is invited to join the team, so it's like they kind of brought her back out of obscurity. This was the story that kind of that did it. So if you love that character, then that's more reason to to pick it up. If you really don't, then piss off 
I'm not interested in your opinion. <laughs> I actually really like Squirrel Girl, the, yeah? the character. I don't know why. I didn't, I tried, the, weirdly, Ryan North, I think, didn't he write Squirrel Girl? I think Girl? so, I think so, yeah. And he did Slaughterhouse Five. Ah, it's all coming together. Um, I didn't really get on with it, with that series. Um, but I do kind of have a soft spot for the character. But in, in so um, Dan Slot and Paul Pelletier, I love Paul Pelletier's artwork, and I've mentioned him before, and we yeah. talked about him before. He did Aquaman, he yeah. did um, a little bit of Hulk. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. His art is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, uh, War of Kings. Um, just his, his style is just so goddamn good. And it's, it's fairly early on, but I mean, He's been around for quite a long time, you know. Um, at least since at least since the early nineties. So by then he was just acing it, and the colours are really nice because it's a two thousands book. And frankly, I like modern colouring style. I don't want to throw colours back. Shut up, you tart. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean the thing is, it's collected. You can get it in GLA as a standalone book. Or you can get it in, it's collected in the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and the Great Lakes Avengers. I think there's another version as it? well. Can you, can you put it on camera? Um, we, I'll, I'll run it with images when we run, okay. run the thing on yeah. things as well so that people cool. can, can have a little look. It's an odd cover. It's very misleading because it looks like you're just going to get a Squirrel Girl book, but it's actually a GLA book. Yeah, they really um, went, they, they, after the success, I think you're right, Ryan North, they really started to... Um, market squirrel girl for other yeah. stuff that she was related and i didn't i could never figure out what it was that maybe her charm there was some sort of charm she had that people just loved but i i couldn't get into that series myself like i was like what i don't yeah. get it. it's not i don't get it it wasn't it's for weird, me but uh, people loved it and who am well, i the to... omnibus is coming out in, like it's a beefy omnibus it's really? probably one of the biggest ones marvel's ever done really um, yeah, they, yeah. For a minute, I pre-ordered it and then went. No, no, I didn't. I didn't like it. Like, I can't imagine getting past. I wasn't keen on the art. No yeah. offense to the artist. I can't remember who it was, but it Erica just didn't work. Anderson. Was it? Uh, I don't quote me. Could I'm be not, wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I tried. I, I bought it. I bought the hardcover. You did. Yeah, I just couldn't. I I I got to like issue three, four, and I'm just like, that's not for me. You did better than me. Yeah, I wasn't. And and I know people whose opinion I respect really enjoyed it, and I'm like, yeah, just, I missed it. Yeah, it work. I think it's it one of those just acquired taste. Yeah, it just happens. But the, the character is, um, I don't know, there's, there's a bit of that, it's just the silliness of it. And the things, the Great, the great Lakes Avengers, so he first appeared in um, John Byrne's West Coast Avengers run, or Avengers West Coast run. Actually, it was, it was West Coast Avengers number 46. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, I just had a soft spot for them straight away. They're basically the shit Avengers. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, one is called Doorman. He stands against a wall and people can jump through him to the other side of the wall. Uh, Big Bertha, because John Byrne likes to have... Big an obese female character every so often not <laughs> it seems to be a pattern with him and they're generally villains but she's obviously a good guy good, yeah. you know an unofficial Avenger because they're not official Avengers either and Hawkeye in the, back in the day Hawkeye took leadership of the team but by this point in, in GLA he's not it's the it's the original lineup 
um, with some few extra characters thrown in. It's all about them basically trying to become a thing, trying to market themselves, trying to make it. And no one cares. Mm. And I have a soft spot for the underdog. And Marvel's all about the underdog, really. Yeah. Uh, which is why I never really got behind Iron Man because he's a billionaire. How is he an underdog? He's like the least Marvel character. Whereas the, these are the most, arguably, most Marvel characters <laughs> you can get because they're losers. Um, so it's a fun book. It's it's quite funny. Um, they go up against what a guy who was a fairly major villain at one point, but by then he's kind of a bit of a loser as well. I won't spoil who it is. I um, so can't remember if it's a surprise, but they, he adds, Dan Slott adds in little revelations about the team as well, so he expands the characters and bits of their origins. Um, it's a fun, fun series, about four issues. Very cool. And you're done. But yeah, that's my Marvel recommendation for this evening. Nice. All right. I will go with another non-Big Two. I've talked about um, this line... Plenty of times, but I don't know if I've ever focused in on this book. But it is a Valiant comic. Highly recommend Valiant. Everyone knows that. This one is The Eternal Warrior, The Wrath of the Eternal Warrior. Have you read this? I've read the first six issues. Okay. Um, and I expected not to like it. And I, did you like did. it. I, I don't yes. remember your review. What was your review for it? Um, what rating? Yeah. I think I gave it four out of five. Wow. That's a good one. from Dave. Um, from Dave it was, yeah. yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, talk on your behalf about it. It's your pick. But like, um, I was surprised. I was expecting a Conan knockoff and it wasn't white cop. So. Yeah. That was an instant win. I don't want Conan, thanks. The funny thing about the Valiant characters, I mean, we've talked about this before ad nauseum, but, um, they look like knockoffs. Mm. I don't know if that's the knock against Valiant is because you assume that they're just knockoffs. And on the surface, it's an easy way to sell and compare. To be like, hey, yeah. you like Conan? Yeah. Read Eternal Warrior. Yeah. He's Conan-like. And so you'd be like, well, why don't I just read Conan? <laughs> but, but in my opinion, yeah. you start whatever their analog would be is that the right term yeah i guess yeah you you i find that i i like the valiant character all on its own much more than what it's being compared to it's like actually this is its own thing and it's similar but it's in its own way cooler yeah like it's possible and you just have to accept the fact that because it doesn't have the big brand name on it it is possible to do something similar. It's like they improved on that whole concept. Yes, I think they did. I, the, the, I think, you know, if, if people are a bit funny, but like, isn't it just a derivative, isn't it a knockoff? I know I mentioned this the other week, but let's not forget Watchmen, one of the most praised comic books of all time. Those characters are all based on the Charlton Comics characters, Blue Beetle. Yeah. Um, the Question. Yeah. Um, Peacemaker. Weren't They're some of, those... weren't some of them actually characters from there? I don't think so because I think that I think what happened was so during Crisis <clears throat> on Infinite Earths they brought so they bought the characters I think and then they brought them in during that story to kind of go now we're mashing it all together 
So that's the thing. They had the plans for those characters. So Alan Moore was originally wanting to use them, thinking, well, DC have got the rights now, so they're available. And they went, no, we've kind of got plans. So he just basically changed uh, Blue Beetle into, what was he, Owlman or whatever it's Night Owl? Yeah, Night Owl. I, I don't even care. Um, Captain Atom became Dr. Manhattan. Oh, it kind of rhymes. Um, Peacemaker is the comedian, I guess. Um, Raw Shark is the question, blah, 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 blah. Right. There could be new characters. Existing Charlton characters, but I don't think there are. I think they just changed everything. Yeah. So, you know, if it's okay to do that, it's okay for Valiant uh, to be better than... Better? I had a weird accent there. Yeah. To be better than Conan. <laughs> better than Conan the Barbarian. I mean... And it's not to say that Eternal Warrior is, but it's its own thing. It is. And it's very cool. Like, all of the comparisons that you, you can, the conclusions I came to where I first was like, oh, Exo Man of War is just Iron Man with, like, kind of Green Lantern attached to it. Uh-huh. And again, Conan. Yeah. Right? It's like Iron Man yeah. and Conan. But it's. it's yeah. It's, it's, it's so not. It's so much more. It's yeah. so much. There's so much more to it, and with this book, it's 14 issues. Robert Venditti. I'm a really big fan of Robert Venditti. I keep He's sending pretty reliable. I keep he? sending him DMs. Like I'm, <laughs> I because you know what? There, there's a couple things he's done where they've become my favorite thing. Yeah. And it wasn't even so much that. Um, the first thing that I got into was EXO actually because I saw him on DC Books. I'm like, ah, he's just a replacement fill-in now that Jeff Johns is off Freelancing. Yeah, that's how I used to view some of these names. And then when I read their work in other places, I'm like, well, he's good enough to work for DC, so let me see what he's like on this book. It's weird how your brain can kind of give something a chance. So the EXO run I loved, I've said so many times. And then uh, the Eternal Warrior run, 14 issues, very strong. Very good. Great art in it. Um, yeah. His Hawkman, his Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns from Rebirth, I enjoyed. He did this uh, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, Hero of Metropolis trade, which was oh. fun. It, I, I enjoyed it more than what they did with the Tom King and Andy Kubert attempt of a miniseries. I like this a lot better. I missed that. So, yeah, like the reliability of, of his books has been consistent. And um, the artists on this include Raul Allen, Patricia Martin, Robert Gill, Juan Jose Rip, Renato Guedes. And it and it's uh it's that tale of the man going to hell and back, right? For his family. Yeah, in a really it's odd because it's like a really unusual but familiar way. It's really hard. It's, it's almost like the whole thing of, of Valiant is it has that familiarity but a completely new spin. So you don't feel like you're retreading. Yeah, and you've gone to issue six. I think it gets better, actually. I think it actually I'm going to keep improves. going. I think, I think the following story arc, unless I'm completely wrong, leads into the, what was it, 4001 AD event? I'm not sure. But I think you can read it completely separately. I think so you can. With a lot of Valiant stuff, you don't need to... It's refre- it. That's the refreshing part of the line. Yeah. The crossovers don't hinder 
the regular the main story. No. Nah. You don't really sometimes you don't even realize you're in a crossover. Uh-huh. It's just that the whole universe blends into each other well. And and the other thing about uh Eternal Warrior, he's the brother of Armstrong, right? Yes. So these are these are all these characters and, and Ivar. And Ivar. So their worlds connect and they've got all kinds of stories throughout the centuries because the three of them are are if you're going to compare it, they're all like a Vandal Savage. They, they're immortal. They can't yeah. die. Something extraterrestrial occurred that made them live. So this yeah. guy's kind of like a, a Vandal Savage as well. He's not a villain, but it's that. Yeah, that's a, probably a better comparison than Kynan. Right? Because he just can't, no matter what, he comes back. And all the things he's seen and all the wars he's been a part of and influenced, like, oh, that's cool. That's very cool. So yeah, Valiant Comics, I recommend the whole line. I don't know how easy it would be to get this series in a hardcover. I think it, I've, I've tried to get Eternal Warrior in, in Deluxe, but it's going for a lot of money. Okay. So they need to re-release it. You can get it digis- digitally. Very worth your while to get have the it. trades, maybe. Yep. But, yeah. I don't know the state of the... the company right now they're still going it sounds like they've recently done a bloodshot unleashed which is um mature readers and apparently been really well received i haven't read it yet because i'm waiting for the collected edition they've got another exo coming out and i'm not sure i could be wrong but i think that's going kind of more mature readers they, they might be kind of amping it up it always kind of felt a bit more mature readers to me anyway yeah me too it's not something i could i wouldn't necessarily see my kid reading anytime soon yeah. Um, so why not? They, you know, they've made it. They've just kind of made it official. Yeah, definitely. Um, they should definitely do that. But they need to re-release those oldest stories in, in a nice format because it's they really awesome need to. stuff. It's there's, there's only two titles I've read so far that I haven't really got behind. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and even those ones aren't. Like I know you didn't like Archer and Arm, uh, not Archer and Armstrong. Um, I love Archer and Armstrong. Quantum and Woody. Quantum and Woody. Is terrible, but I think there's a follow-up series by a completely different creative team. So I'm like, well, I'll re- I'll get through this bit, and, and the, then I'll try. And the, the other funny place. thing is, is that a lot of people really like Quantum and Woody because it mm. appeals to a certain type of humor and fandom. It's the Deadpool crowd, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, and so whatever you're looking for, they've got it. Yeah, and and they're pretty in a much more digestible format. Truly. And a less crowd-pleasing format to a degree because it's like they can do what they want. It's not about just keeping the numbers in. That's right. Keeping the, the big core audience happy. Yeah. Just come in and have a shot. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. They really have to – I don't know if it's feasible. I don't know if it, it, it's worth their while. they got to put some of those titles from 2012 back in yeah. print. Whether they really do. Um, chunky trade paperbacks – or on uh, compendiums, whatever it is, people need to be able to have access to those books because they're good. If if people can get to them, mm-hmm. and you spread the word. It'll, I don't know. Good stories, I think, live forever. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I you just gotta keep putting out there. It's I think so if they good. put them out in a nice format, they might have more luck. Cause they did try the compendium thing. Well, one of the X I never even came out, and, and then Harbinger, I got it. Yeah, I have got it, and it was that's what got me back in. 
Right. So I just do more companions. Just do something. You do you, something. Maybe I want with the license. Yeah, you have to. You really, really do. Yeah. So um, I'm sure when we do some more uh, hidden gems, I'll have more value comics to talk about. <laughs> Me too. I'll probably have more by then. Yeah. All right. Your next pick. Okay. Um, so this one is, well, by a little known writer. Um, which I think it's a couple of people like this. Let me just check. I don't want to credit people where it's not due. Um, no, it's written by some guy that wasn't very well known, at least at the time. Hmm. Um, it's from Black Mask Comics. It's by Matthew Rosenberg, who's now fairly well known. Um, uh, uh, with art by Tyler Boss and others. Um, I'll go into all that because I'll just pronounce everyone's names wrong. <laughs> there's four kids <clears throat> four kids walk into a bank oh okay um so the first miniseries Matthew Rosenberg did was uh We Can Never Go Home that was it We Can Never Go Home um and I really liked it so it's kind of a tribute to the X-Men six issue miniseries um I loved it and I've recommended it to people who've then read it and gone it's alright like, well fair enough you know it doesn't always resonate the same way <laughs> I think Four Kids Walk Into a Bank is even better. Okay. I believe it's inspired by an actual incident um, where four kids discussed a bank robbery and then, you know, it's almost like the fantasy of it and then got to a point where they actually end up doing it, mm. which I know has happened in real life. There has been an incident where that has happened. Sure, Whether it sure. inspired this or not, I don't know. It could be pure coincidence. Um, but... I'm going to use that phrase that at one point in time everyone got sick of hearing, which was it's set in the 80s. <laughs> um, but don't hold that against it. The way it's told is is the best part for me. I mean, like the way it opens is it's. I mean, people really who watch Stranger Things would would go, "You've just ripped that off." Like, no, they didn't. Um, but it's opening with like it almost looks like a fantasy story because it has the D and D. Mm. side of it but you they are playing the characters and you see the characters they're playing so like there is to a degree I think it's like symbolic of, of the fantasy they've created for themselves and then they continue to create for themselves that leads into them essentially robbing a bank um, I literally don't want to say too much more about it partly because it's been a while since I've read it and I probably haven't remembered all the details right but I've now that I've got it out, I really want to read it again. Yeah, um, that's what's fun about doing these. I think it's yeah, it is yeah. It's because you you remind yourself. Um, I've seen that book. I got to pick it up now. Yeah, I've it's it. it's. I had a lot of fun reading it. Like I, I think I read it in one sitting as well. And the the art's perfect for this. It's a it's got that. Well, it's obviously an independent book. It's an indie book, but it just feels like an indie book. It looks mm. like an indie book. It reads like one. And it, it's funny, and it you're desperately wondering what's going to happen. And how far is this going to go? And like, it's 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 such a good read. Um, but I don't think there's much more I can say about it. So, four kids walk into a bank. Matthew Rosenberg. Et al. Have you pronounced that when people write that? <laughs> Why do you say that? Et al. Et al. Et al. I like that you used yeah. it. I want. I've always wanted to. Where, where would I use that? I'm like, I don't even know if it'd be right. <laughs> and how do I even say it? Yeah. I've been saying kudos wrong my entire life because it's not kudos, it's kudos. 
What do you mean? Like kudos? Yeah, you say like yeah, kudos. Then so I'm still saying it wrong. It's kudos. I thought it was like I, I don't even know anymore now. I, I always thought it was kudos to you, Dave. I think, isn't kudos to one of the aliens from The Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not I good with my Sim- I'm not good with my Simpsons trivia. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, sorry. Yes, I'm throwing that at you again. I know we'll a lot of it. That. Yeah, continuity fans are just going to go like, "It's canon. It's established." <laughs> Eric, Eric doesn't watch Simpsons. It's canon. <laughs> canon. Get up, nerds. Oh, that's funny. Okay, this is my last one. This is my last one. So this is um, technically a dark horse published this. But I only read it because Marvel got the rights back to it. And okay. then they made an omnibus of it, which is Star Wars Legends of the Old Republic. Oh, from I still haven't read that, god damn it. Do you have it? No, but it was recommended to me um, by uh, Pete Ware, who you can find on Instagram. He's a, he's a designer. Um, who's the designer that trained me, 17th and Oak. You can find him on um, on Insta, but yeah, he he recommended it to me around about 2012, and I still haven't read it. Yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's not something that I would have ever normally been interested in picking up because they they had it in the epic collections, and I did not dip my toe at all into the Star Wars epic because I'm like, what yeah. does it matter? It's no longer canon. Uh, these are just like dark horse <laughs> stories. Like, yeah, that was my attitude. And then um, I saw a review about it, uh, the omnibus from Uncanny Omar. He was going through it, and uh, he he had re- he had mentioned that he'd read it blind and found himself really in- invested in it. I'm like, well, that's a cool re- way to re- like. That's a fair way to review it because he's not. He didn't talk about it as though he had, like I know this whole thing. It was. I don't know anything about it, and it's actually really yeah. good. And so I'm like, I'm willing to give that a, sh- a blind buy. So uh, I got it at a Comic Con, pretty pretty decent price. I talked them down a little bit from the the ticketed price. So I said, okay, this will be my big purchase at this show, and it's sixty issues almost. It's a big really? it's a big book, but um, it's it's quite a fun ride. And because it takes place so long before the main Star Wars story that we're all familiar with, it has none of that baggage. But the baggage you bring in to the book, knowing what you think you know about Star Wars, it's yeah. like this is actually really cool to be reading a story at a time where there were Jedis. Not like they weren't extinct or there wasn't like the return of one. Like this mythological view, it was they're there, they're everywhere. There's a council, but there's also an army of Mandalorian, and it's not like just a word you say, because Boba Fett is dressed like a Mandalorian, right? There was yeah. always so so much limited information that you seem to have, like you put the pieces together as a Star Wars fan as a kid. Whereas this one, it's like, no, they they're at war with each other, wow. and there's politics, and there's. Um, whole thing about being a fugitive like okay so i'll I'll give the description from amazon just to whet the appetite um when young jedi zane carrick is framed for murder by his own masters he goes on the run with three unlikely allies a con artist 
Marn Hieroglyph, a fugitive scientist camper, and bodyguard Jarael. But can they survive long enough to clear Carrick's name, uncover a conspiracy, and maybe gain a bit of profit along the way? So it's... Oh, and the ragtag group of heroes face corrupted Jedi, deadly Mandalorians, the power of the Sith, and it's like all of Star Wars lore at its um, height, where it's not like these things are ancient. They're This is what they were like. Okay. It was my first taste of kind of seeing that. Like, this is interesting. This is a, this is a really... Don't be afraid to read Star Wars that is no longer canon because it's some of, some of the best stories. The author is same writer through the whole thing, John Jackson Miller, and uh, Brian Ching and Travel Foreman are the artists. It's good. John Jackson Miller. Yeah, he's a he's a science fiction writer. Yeah, he's done some more comics, but he's mainly known for like Star Star Trek and um, and uh, Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the Old Republic, really, really fun. Brian Chang travels. Old from, Republic or Knights of the Old Republic? Let me check what the Amazon. The Old Republic Omnibus Volume 1, Star Wars Legends. That's where I read it. It was a Dark Horse series, but the uh, very, very. It's, it's got to be reprinted to buy it in the Omnibus form because it's very expensive now. But if you could get it in some format, give it a shot. Really good. That's good. And it's also on, um, yeah, it's also on Marvel Unlimited, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a good way to do it as well. Very fun stories. Nice. You find yourself on, like, the, on a ride and going through the universe and they settle in places. They set, they, I, what can I compare it to? Nothing. No, I wouldn't. A summer's day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your your final pick. That's good. That's good. Cool. Thanks, dude. Um, that's it keep, you keep reminding me that I need to read that. Um, my final pick is one that I have every so often. Um, I really the only thing I'm cursing the person who created this for is the fact that they've, they've given me the challenge of how to pronounce a name again. Um, I think it's Brom Revel or Brom Revel. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Um, Sorry, sorry, but I re- to do your research before you say, whatever. So basically, every so often he'll post something on his Instagram that says, by the way, I worked on this book. And I'll share it and go, this was so good. <laughs> and I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to get people to read it. Um, uh, my friend did, re- I haven't even said what it is yet. My friend did read it uh-huh. because I gave it five stars. Ooh. It's like it set such an impossibly high bar that yeah. people can, this is going to be incredible. And I think it's just one of those things where it just really resonated with me. And I like the idea. Some of the art gets a little more scrappy as it goes on. I think where he was desperately trying to complete this project. This is a big book. Um, it's a small book <laughs> in, in height, mm. but it's a chunker. <laughs> um, and I do like a little chunk. <laughs> you've talked uh, about this book stuff. before, I think. Gorillas. I think you've mentioned it to me before. Yeah, I think. Did I? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a note of everything I mentioned so that I avoid no, mentioning things I, again. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just because you just you, in case I saw the cover and I'm like, yeah, that that stood out yeah. to me the last time you showed it. Very cool. It's a very simple cover. It's uh, a chimpanzee with um, an army helmet on. 
and he's smoking a snout. It's a great cover. But that's a, that's a it... cigarette for people who aren't from prison in England. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's gorillas, like G U E R I L L. I'm reading the letters and I can't <laughs> say them. Like gorilla warfare. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, it's set in Vietnam War. Um, and a science experiment basically turns apes into a little band of soldiers and they, they go rogue. So there's a, they end up kind of befriending a human companion, um, who starts to learn about them. So it's almost done like a diary. He, you know, he explains who the characters are, those little they don't talk. I don't, I don't know. They don't talk. Um, but he starts to really learn who they are and it's, it's kind of, delves into their humanity through a human voice while they're being hunted down by the people who made them into this. Mm. Um, and it is, it's a beast of a book, um, 760 pages. Um, but I read it fairly quickly. I think it's actually four, 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 you can get it in the, in the omnibus format, which is probably the easiest. So it's not like a hardcover oversized omnibus. This is a little paperback, smaller than your average paperback, but Super chunky. Five stars. And it got me. It's one of those things that like the stuff happens in it and I'm sat there as my kids around me playing whatever switch games they're on and I'm going (laughs) Really? (laughs) Right, Danny. Um yes, um something there's a monkey in my eye. Nice. Oh well I mean not nice, but it got me and I, I loved it. So I do recommend it. Don't have impossibly high expectations of it because I think that's always the best way to go into any book. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but it's just, I just loved it as a read. It's a very simple read. Some bits are really fast. Some bits are really exciting. It's It can be really emotional. It's literally got everything for me. And I think that's why I loved it so much. Nice, nice pick. Um, and it's very much the, a comic. I'm sure they could make a film of it, but I can't imagine them making a film of it. So... It's a little another little celebration of comics being the greatest. Yeah, that's 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 the best one. It's like you can't you can't duplicate what that person did in this art yeah. form. That's what makes it special. Uh huh. Yeah, leave it be. Very nice. Yeah, I like I like the off. picks. That was fun. Cool. Likewise. That was fun. It's, nice uh, stuff in there. Yeah. I, I know you're going to cost me money. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many things I've purchased because of your reviews or how many things I'm like, why did I buy this? I hate it now. Cause his review- <laughs> I'm trying to read seven to eternity without all of your reviews in the back of my oh, head. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I spoiled it for you. No, no, I, I'm it's, it's funny when you read things at different times, right. And how you're yeah. kind of influenced by the zeitgeist of what's surrounded it, where you go back and revisit it. Like now I'm reading, I'm like, let me see why Dave feels how he feels. And I can see, I, I understand. I'm like, yeah, I get it. And then, why? What is it? And I now I get why I like it. Good. It, it's it's, but I also see like, mm, it wasn't what I once thought it was. But I know why I enjoyed it so much. You know what I mean? That happens. That's good. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, the one thing that's one of the downsides of, of writing any kind of review is that you, if you don't like it, you don't want to influence contempt it's not fair it just it didn't work for me mm-hmm. um it's like with the thing sometimes where i'm kind of reading stuff from a wider universe perspective when it's in the big two like the recent supergirl one i'm kind of frustrated by what they were doing 
in the other titles right. that then impacted that. But if you're not reading any of those other things, you probably wouldn't even know. They might not bother you. Right. So it's everyone's experience is different. So I think that take any review with a certain amount of salt. Obviously, anything we're saying here in terms of recommendations tonight, it's going to be the best thing you've ever goddamn read. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always it's always best to bear in mind that like even if if someone goes, this is five stars, it was incredible. It may not be for you, but it'll still be hopefully a good read. Yeah. And if it's one star for somebody, you might go, are you insane? That's you know what? I feel that there's always something to gain from reading. Yeah. Even if you turned out like, you know, I didn't like it as much, but at least you have you know. Yeah. Right? That's so right. Everything's worth giving a try. At least. At the very least. So I hope people yeah. listening uh, give these books a try and that they turn out to be worth your while and uh, money well spent however you decide to read it or purchase it the digitally yeah. waiting for a hardcover or if you got the the apps right those digital apps that give got you the apps yeah. single issues there's there's so many ways to read comics so yeah just uh, have a little scout and you'll, you'll find find what you want hopefully find some good stuff very nice well thank you good sir as always thank you we did it omniverse comics guide cave of solitude it's a team Boom. Follow us on Instagram. Keep keep listening to the podcast. Engage. We engage back. And thank you for everyone who's been listening. Dave, you have yourself a good evening, sir. Night, and we'll, night. And we will talk soon, everybody. Rate and review the show. Don't forget. <laughs>